Amen. You guys can have a seat again. Thank you so much uh, for being here today. We're going to be um, stepping out of our series um, that's been entitled The Kingdom. Uh, we're going to be stepping out of that. You got that? They got all wrapped up there. Uh, we're going to be stepping out of that series this morning, um, and we're going to be in Psalm 127. Psalm 127. If anybody's nervous right now, yes, I know what time it is. Stop looking at me like that. Um, we're going to be in Psalm 127 this morning. Now, uh, when we're in Psalm 127, um, this passage, um, I'm actually going to be reading um, out of Psalms 127 um, from the New American Standard. So that's um, so if you're normally following along with me out of the CSB, and you'll you'll see a couple differences. Um, that Psalm 127, you, you're you're in a book that is man. In some ways, it's tough to translate because these, in many ways, were written to be poems and songs, really um, sung in corporate worship, many of them. So you have a lot of imagery, you have a lot of things going on in the Psalms, and, and sometimes when we're in there, um, the translation part gets a, gets, gets a little tricky. I love the way the New American Standard handles the translation in this, um, so that's where we'll be this morning. If I was, though, I'm going to start with a question on Mother's Day. Um, there's a few that I think I probably would choose um, not to start with because they're dangerous Mother's Day questions. Um, and, and when I say that, I, I mean questions like this. H- how do you feel like you're doing as a mom? I, I'm, I would, I'm not starting the service that way because I have found out in my lifetime that opens a lid to something that is, is way deeper, guys, than we have ever been trained to go. We, we, are, we, are, we are horribly unprepared to handle those conversations. We need to be because I, the, you know, there's this thing about being a mom that is just, um, I, it, it's, it's a pressure that I don't know um, that anyone else really faces. Um, culture really kind of presents um, motherhood from so many different perspectives. And, and we live in a world now to where it's, it's not just comparing yourself to what you hear is going on. Um, you're, you're constantly flooded with images right in front of your face. Um, and, and there's things that I don't understand. I don't understand how moms are expected to keep up. I don't understand how you can have three kids, two kids, three kids, one kid, four or five kids, and, and hold, be held to a standard of, of some of just the, the body image things that are out there in media. Like, things change. That's the beauty of how God has created us. And, and, and the way we manage, I mean, time, we all have the same amount. I don't know how my mom and my wife get as much done in the same number of hours a day that I have. Um, I just assume that her clock runs differently than mine. But, but it's just, it's, it's constant. And I, I think so many times and when, when I do counseling and I, and, I, and I talk to a lot of moms, I talk to um, women at times, the perspective just, it, it just, it saddens my heart because, man, there's just so much love language in the Bible that God writes to you and into your life. And, and I just, I think sometimes just the world culture, Satan just tries to fight that message getting through because he realizes if he can discourage moms, I mean, it's going to feel some days like game, set, match. I mean, you think about it. Guys in the room, think about it. If, if your wife, if your wife is not her pleasant, cordial self, you don't know what to do. You don't know what questions to ask. What, and what do you start doing? You have to avoid, right? Like, if, if, let, me, let me just, maybe, maybe it's me. And you, you back off instead of engage. When, when, when moms are discouraged 
and, 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 and it gets to the point where it starts affecting their tone, the tone that they use with their kids. And, and, and what, what comes along with that? This, this kind of carryover of guilt, right? It's crazy. I mean, it's absolutely insane. And even in just that little description, I'm probably not even, even stepping on the edge of maybe what you experience some days. Fortunately, whether you're a mom or whether you're not, I think that covers everybody in the room. God's word is truth. And, and sometimes the truth just comes to us with, here, here it is, truth, act, believe in faith, walk in this. And sometimes the truth comes in here and let's, let's reshape this, this brain and this set of emotions that you have. Psalms 127 does a little bit of both. Um, and there's some, a couple of other passages we'll touch on while we're, while we're looking at this. Um, now, Psalm 127 is not written directly just to moms. So if you are a dad or if you are just a breather, um, then, then Psalms 127 has truth for you this morning. So don't just listen to it from that, from that, set, of, um, that set of ears, but, but definitely moms. You, you, this, this will speak into you, I hope, this morning, I pray. Um, in Psalms 127, verse 1, <clears throat> it starts out this way. Now this isn't just, um, this isn't just about kids yet. This is, this is kind of a life perspective of where our minds go. Verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Now, when, when we read that passage, uh, first of all, the, the word vain. Um, vain um, is, is me walking out of this building um, into those columns that are out there holding up um, the, the, the awning that's on the front of the building. Vain is me walking out there and just deciding I'm going to put all my effort for eight hours a day into just pushing this column until it moves. Nothing's going to stop me from doing that. I, I might get made fun of. I might get told it's useless. I, I, I might just never see anything really happening, but nothing really would stop me from doing it. I could do it every day. But you and I both know that, that I don't have the strength in my body to move that column. That's, that's vain. That's, that's effort is what it describes. Hey, you put a lot of effort forward, but if you're really interested in results, and I would encourage you as a, as a Christian as somebody that is really seeking to follow the Lord, um, we've talked about it recently, fruit. Fruit grows over time. But if we really want to have a life and live a life um, that's oriented towards something, I, I would encourage you to really ponder in your own mind, meditate on the thought, do I want to have a life that is really characterized by effort or a life that is characterized by fruit? See, don't, don't misunderstand, um, this passage describes something that the Lord is doing, but someone who is called a builder at the same time. It says that the Lord could protect, he could watch over city, and there's also watchmen, people that are charged with having their eyes on the situation. See, what, what we're really after 
as Jesus followers is, is a life that the Lord is in control over and the Lord is designing, and, and we want to live in rhythm with his truth. Um, if, his, if his word says to do or not do, then, then we live in rhythm with that, and we, we invest in our walk with Christ to find out really what's the purpose of the, of the yeses and the noes and the becauses and the therefores. We really put time and effort into that. And, and, and here's the thing. The reality is we can have families, we can have lives that we put a lot of effort into, but if it's not one that's really by his design that he's building, it's like me standing outside for eight hours a day pushing on that column. You'll feel exhaustion. I'll feel tired. We'll, we'll have something occupying our moments. But really, over time, just nothing producing. I mean, I, just the sound of that, I, I think we probably would agree with each other. That, that just sounds like the worst existence to go through. So, so why would we even want to think through that that could be a possibility? Well, here's verse 2 kind of comes back around the corner. He says, listen, um, you, you know, you can rise up early. You can go to bed late. You can work long hours. Um, you, you can feed yourself because you've worked so hard. But ultimately, what, you know, really, what's the perspective? Um, when he says, for he gives to his beloved sleep, um, it's, this, it's this understanding that God can get as much and more done while we rest as when we're awake. You remember being a young parent and just wondering if you were allowed to just go to sleep yourself when your child was asleep? Like you felt like, man, it's just like I got to make sure this baby is breathing. Like this, like this child is my responsibility. And all of a sudden, whether it's just through tiredness or something, you, you finally take a nap, you finally get a night's sleep at the same time, and you kind of become aware of this kind of truth of God that says he's, he sustains life beyond our efforts. Maybe you've experienced this in your finances, and, and, and you've seen the Lord do something in your finances through your job or through other sources, and, and you, all you knew is, I didn't bring all that to the table. Lord, I was following you, I was seeking you, and, and you provided a way that was outside of, of, of just how hard I could work. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of the design of the kingdom. And it flows into, into parenting, into being a mom, into being a dad, into being just somebody who's a Christian. But, but before we dive into that, I want to I I read one other passage of Scripture to you because um, really the kingdom is built with this, this idea of um, there's, it's what the Lord is doing, like his big project, and then what our part is in it. And I want to read you this out of Titus chapter 2 because um, I'm, I'm going to read a passage because this is Mother's Day. Ladies, I'm going to be reading this, and this is really going to be about you. Uh, but guys, if you think you're off the hook out of Titus chapter 2, I'm sorry to inform you, responsibilities are just as high. Now, the model of Titus 2 that's being described is essentially this. Those that are older, he doesn't name an age. It's a comparison age. If you're older or younger, in other words, you, you can look beside you, you can look across the room, and you'll see the comparison of I'm either older or younger, right? Um, just when Natasha said she was born in 1989, it hurt my heart a little bit, to be honest with you. I felt like I just, in that moment, I was looking at her going, oh, mm, good news, I'm older, I'm older, right? Um, I'm, I'm glad you experienced 1990, like in year one. I was, it was not my year one. I just, it was a good year, but it just wasn't year one. So older, younger, is, is, it's a comparison idea, okay? So think about older, am I older or younger out of this, uh, out of this, um, out of this truth, out of Scripture. Titus chapter 2. Um, Paul writes, in the same way, because he's just, he's just talked to a group of men, in the same way, 
Older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good so that they may encourage the younger women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure, workers at home, kind, and in submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. Now, one thing I want to kind of plug for a second, because um, I, I've even heard recently um, this passage kind of used in reference of um, kind of really um, uh, where kind of mom's role is in staying home versus work. I, I, I do want to tell you this, um, Proverbs 31 um, in, in Scripture, all through Scripture, you, you have women who are involved in the marketplace, right? It's, uh, it, it, it is not something to run to. It's not something to run from. Um, it's only to seek the Lord and where he has you in life. Um, the, the principle here is, is, is regardless of where else you occupy your time, um, th- there cannot be a replacement for the call at home. Same, same thing there for men as well, okay? So when we look at this, what's the, what's the, what's the principle? Um, the principle is if, if you are older, then you, in your growth in Christ, you pour into someone. Well, here's the thing. Um, Regardless of what season you are in life, you may look around and go, okay, there's younger people around me that I could be pouring into. Okay, but there's also other people that are still older than you that could pour into you. Somewhere there's the one person that's looking around going, I got nobody to pour into me, right? But but that's that's the model, And, and notice what it says at the end. So that God's word will not be slandered. See, culture wants to slander God's word by creating the images that, that we live up to. P- please, please always remember, the purpose of something like social media is to present images. Its job is not to tell the truth. It's not. So when you look at something like that and just assume that there is a picture of togetherness and, and that's, 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 a, that's 100% truth, you're believing a lie. The job of that app was just to open up and say, take a look. Satan's strategy with stuff like that is to take something that doesn't have to be wrong and, and, and twist the truth into a lie and get us to believe it until we're discouraged and we're not, we're not really seeking to live faithfully. So the idea here is, and, and, and I would really kind of really ask you to kind of have this in your thoughts, um, according to this, this is a clear call in Scripture. So, um, in, in your life, are there people, are you taking advantages of pouring into someone that's younger? And, and younger and older in here, I could easily argue and present, it could be about a spiritual maturity age as much as it is just an age in life. You, you may could think of people that you think, okay, well, yeah, there's people that I know that are older that really their decisions break my heart because they're really not following the Lord. And you may be the more mature spiritual age in that relationship. But are you pouring in and, and are you being poured into? Now, here, here's the key with this. Some of this happens where we just find ourselves. In other words, work, church, family, look around. And, and just the people that God has placed into your life are, are part of that equation a part of that thinking through process of who am I being intentional with. Sometimes when it's absent, we need to seek it out. That's just great spiritual wisdom, to not not, not just stay where one of those two things aren't happening. I want to go back to um, Psalm 127. This is getting into a little bit more children language. Uh, 
Verse 3 starts out, and just for your information, um, CSB translates this sons. It's for a couple reasons. One, it's a plural word, um, and two, um, it, it is kind of a, in a masculine um, tense because they're talking about a warrior here, um, it, which is one of the kind of the imagery things that makes it a little bit tough, but, 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 I, but I really like the faithfulness to just this idea of children as, 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 as a big group. Uh, verse 3, behold, children are a heritage. Um, you can also translate that word a gift, an inheritance from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, that's not loom, that's womb, a reward. Now, when, when we look at this word heritage, um, th- this kind of, this, this reminds me of the stru- one of the struggles of parenthood. Um, right now, um, I'm in the last few weeks of high school for my oldest son. And there's parts of me that want to go, man, like I want to hold on to you a little bit, right? Like uh, this past Friday, um, he texted me from school. Dad, I've talked to some teachers. We like we don't really have much going on. They're in the middle of AP testing. He didn't have AP test that day, and he said, "Hey, you know, you know, can we can we hang out?" So I'm thinking, man, I got a chance to hang, man. And it was a hold on moment, um, but I couldn't get there. There was too much other stuff going on, and 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 those are those moments where my my heart is like, oh man, I just want to like I want to hold you. And then you look through pictures, and that just makes it worse, because then you're just like. I don't want to just hold on to you. I want to actually mash you vertically and horizontally and get you back to the same shape that you used to be in. So we, we start struggling with this idea of, um, of, of what kids really are as a gift. Really what we need to think about is from the standpoint of um, responsibility and inheritance, a gift. This is fr- Number one, it's from the Lord, which we can't escape. And, and the word here, Lord, is, is Yahweh. This is the Almighty God. So we can't think of our kids... As, as, as we are their owners, but we are stewards. In other words, they come to us from the Lord, they belong to him, and, and we have responsibilities as well. It's, it's just like serving in a church. We, we, we have a ministry that we say, hey, it belongs to the Lord, but we're stewards. So if it's not going well, if something's not really clicking right, it's, it's not the Lord, it's us. It's on our end. So then we look at us and say, okay, what, what do we need to do? Well, the same thing happens in our, in our minds, hopefully, when we think about what really children are to us. It also says that they're a reward. I would encourage you towards um, the, the idea of opportunity because of verse 4. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Now, sometimes when you're in the middle of raising kids, um, you, you, you're in a season of life where you feel like whatever you're dealing with is just never going to end. You ever been there? Like it's, it's, it's not a temporary situation. Like it, it's come up over and over and over again, and, and, and it may be breaking your heart, and you just don't feel like you've got the ability to just fix whatever it is, um, or it may just be a stressful, busy time. And you just, I, 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 I saw a family from, um, from our church yesterday um, at a ball game, and they were just kind of just listing out some of the things that they have in front of them just that they've got to get done over the next month. And, and the look was almost like, is this, like, is this routine ever going to end? We feel overwhelmed many times in our lives. It, it's, it's beautiful to me when, it, when, we, when we hear this description. Um, warrior. Uh, you could also translate it champion. You, you don't get called a warrior and a champion without going through some battles. That's the assumed part of it. I mean, to the glory of Jesus Christ... Um, him being faithful isn't defined by us not going through things. His faithfulness is defined as the fact that he is there through all of them, leading us, equipping us, 
guiding us, strengthening us, sustaining us. That is the substance and the definition of the faithfulness of Jesus. There's a few things out of this imagery here of, of children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Um, number one, it, it, it reminds us of this. Um, a warrior is only going to hold an arrow so long. If you hold arrows and you don't shoot them and you're a warrior, you're a cha- you, you are going to cease being a warrior and a champion and you're going to be dead. You have to fire those arrows. You hold them for a season and you fire them off, you release them at the right time. And moms is, is, and dads and, and, and all of us that interact with a younger generation, as, as tough as that seems, it is just for a season. So what, what should that do? Well, there's a part of us at milestones that that depresses us because we start to jump straight to, man, what have we not done? What did I fail in? Now, if you heard those statements, those are statements that don't move us towards joy. They, more, they move us towards pride and sadness. So which do you think those statements are really grounded in the truth of God's word and what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us about? No, it sounds a lot more like the discouragement battle that our enemy Satan is wanting to wage on us. So what does he want us to see in this? If we've got a season, then our senses have to be sharp. We have to look at the battles of our own life as training to be able to have a purpose to say, okay, as, as Lord, you've walked faithfully through this season and I've learned this thing, then I've got to then turn around and pour it into someone else. And, 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 it, and it purposes us in a very unique way. And, and again, like I, I'm not, I'm not, I promise you I'm not trying to give credit to culture right now, but, but culture is wanting to make a serious argument right now that the best thing you can do to enjoy life is to dump your kids off somewhere. And that's a dangerous thing. Because sometimes we dump them off to just a screen at home. I got three kids. Trust me, I know how tough it is. You just want the room quiet, and all that has to happen is screens turn on? Man, that's like a song being sung in your ear, like, come to me, baby. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, it is tempting. I probably shouldn't have just said that <laughs> phrase. This service is on the internet. We don't have a dump button. <laughs> it's probably something we should invest in as a church. Um, it, I, I know it is so tempting. It's so tempting. But we only have a season. It's always tempting to not serve because kids and teenagers are so active, even in a church scenario. It's always tempting to not serve in those areas because we feel like we're going to have to do so much, but we only have a season. At some point, that little one is going to become a big one, and it's going to be time to release them. Now, the other part of that is this. It's not just about us having a season. It's, it's really about are, are, are we now or are future-oriented in our thoughts? Like if, if, if really we know all this to be true, that, that if we are older, we're supposed to be investing in and pouring in, if we know that we only have a season, like what, how are we really supposed to be thinking about the, the, the way we do things in our life? I mean, it, it has application for, you know, if, if I won't, I mean, really, truly, as a dad, and, and years ago, um, I, I sat under some teaching that really challenged me towards this, and, and the whole concept was, do you just want to raise good kids, or do you want your kids to be great husbands? 
I go, that changes the way I got to think about it. And, and, and here's the thing. I think we, we kind of go, well, if, if we're just always thinking about their future, we won't enjoy now. Yeah, a, a byproduct is you'll always be engaged now. There will always be enjoyable moments now. Those things just, that, that's the overflow of the goodness of God. But, but we need to be enough future-oriented in our thoughts and our strategies and our plans so that it does have an effect in how we handle the now. And again, that's tough because it's, it's, it's okay. I'd, I'd love to be able to guarantee like, what the future of my kids are going to be. I've, I've heard over the years, I used to be a youth pastor, and one of my pet peeves is the millions of times that a high school junior and senior are asked, what are you doing next? Because I'm looking at them going, man, to the glory of God, I bet you they don't have a clue. I know my oldest son is not set on one set career path. And, and there's a part of me that's like, man, I, I want to almost be able to walk you into the exact right seat at the right job to get you just, man, set to where you're, you're just, but, th- but that's, not, that's not parenting. That's not trust in the Lord. It's about realizing when's the season to, to, to aim, because that is parenting. Aiming is parenting. And, and then release. And that's the trusting part. Um, I got a question for you. If, if, we, um, if we were going to make a little bit of a list, and, and you don't have to answer this, by the way. Um, if we were going to make a list of, of big names from the New Testament, big names from the New Testament um, that, that really had an effect, and, and, and all right, we're gonna, Jesus, we got him at the top of the list. We're going to put Paul right after it. There's, there's other names that would fill out that list. Some of them would be the names of the disciples. Some of them would be um, names of, of church leaders, especially young church leaders. Um, there's really not a huge surplus of names that get mentioned multiple times. One of them is a guy named Timothy. One of them is a guy named Timothy. And I want to read a verse of Scripture that Paul wrote about to Timothy and about Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.5, it says this, I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. Now, if, if again, if we go back to that list and we're working on that list, I mean, there are some people in this room that really know the Bible well. I don't know how many of us, if we were pressed to, to not even have, a, have an endpoint, but just keep, I don't know how many of us would have put Lois and Eunice. But I think a lot of the list would have had Timothy. Why? Because Timothy was the young, known leader. But what did Paul have the spiritual insight of? That his faith, I mean, his relationship with Jesus was birthed out of a faithfulness of a grandmother and mother that invested into him. Paul knew Timothy really well. Did you notice who Paul didn't mention anything about? Dad, teachers, other leaders in the church. Why? We, 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 just, we have no idea. Out of just trusting that this is the inspiration of Scripture. And Paul looks at it and he said, there, there is a remarkable influence. Now, clearly they didn't do it for notoriety because their name is not on any top ten list. They did it, the evidence points to, just because they love the Lord. Um, if you've ever heard of a um, historical figure from Great Britain named John Wesley. John Wesley was quoted, and I'm not going to quote this verbatim, but this is the, this is the paraphrase of the quote. He was quoted saying this, 
Um, in his lifetime, he, wor- he learned more about a faithful walk with Jesus from his mother than he did from any theologian that he studied under or traveled with. And this guy preached the gospel all over the world. You know, so really, what is, what is the mind? What is, how does the Lord want to shape our minds this morning? Whether you're a mother or not, the scripture just seems to be just so evidently clear that we have to come to a place in life where we're looking at who are we investing in and pouring into and who is pouring into us. Like, we need an answer to those two questions. Now, if you don't have an answer to those two questions, then this is what I would suggest to you. I would suggest that you give us a chance as a church family to connect with you. And, and, and in that connection, we'd like to find out a little bit about where your walk is with Jesus. Because that helps us gauge maybe where those groups might be. We have everything from D-Life groups, um, discipleship groups that happen here. Um, We have ministries you can serve in. Um, We have relationships, even one-on-one, that we could connect you with specific people as we see different needs come up. It may be something that you share that the Lord has walked you faithfully through, that we can partner you with someone else in the church that's going through the same thing. To hear what God did in your life may be the story Maybe the story that God uses to really draw their heart even just one step closer to him. We'll also look for the places that can pour in and invest into you. And, and we want to do that work with you because sometimes it does take work because that's not what our enemy wants for us. So sometimes we just have to, in our faithfulness, really pursue that. The other question that I would, I would, I would want to ask you is, is, is really this morning, what has shaped, moms in particular, what has shaped your worldview, the view of your life? What, what, is, what has shaped it? And if you don't know, I, I would, I would, my follow-up to that would probably be, okay, tell me about your life. How, how do you see yourself? Do you, feel like, do you feel like things are well right now in your key and significant relationships? If you were going to describe yourself and your value, how would you describe that? What would you say about? You. Now, I'm not lying. I said I wouldn't ask that question really. I, don't, I wouldn't want to ask that at the beginning of the message. I don't mind asking it at the end. Not because I've resolved all the life issues, but we've spent time focusing on God's word, so that draws us. And, and so, what, so in that question now is in rhythm with where should we stay, God's word. Really, what has shaped that? Are there specific people that you look at often? maybe face-to-face in your life or on social media or around at work? And, and do you find yourself looking at them and thinking, okay, what I see in them forms a statement about me? Why? I'm not saying you're a bad person or you're wrong or you're horrible. I'm just saying, has it produced fruit? Is that the life that the Lord is building for you? Because if 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 that's not the life that the Lord's building for you, then, then Psalms, 120 said, uh, well, Psalms 127 told us at the very beginning, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. So, the, so there will be a useless two. If it's not the, the life that God's calling you to, if that's not where he has you, no matter what they look like, it's just going to lead to useless opinions and thoughts. Because the gospel says this about you, whether you're a mom or whether you're not, the gospel says that Jesus Christ lived eternally unsatisfied to be separate from you. Now, um, there's this phenomenon that happens at my house. Um, 
I, 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 I hope, I hope my, my home, my wife and my boys, I hope they have confidence in me. But when all of us at the house, me, three of my sons, and then many times even our dog, when we need something, you know who we want to engage with right away? Wendy. And whether it's me saying her name, whether it's them saying mom, it can be said a million times. And then sometimes I look at her and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if she's heard one, one of these yet. It's that, it's that ability that you develop. You know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? Maybe that doesn't happen at your home, but it's like you don't even hear it after a while because it's said so often. I love that. That just makes me laugh. It, it, but it's a reminder of this. Um, you probably won't be able to just to shut life down and have all the time in the world to get all this fixed immediately. Now, I want to encourage meditation in God's Word, counseling, all those things. But we will need to do this together in real time. In real time. The Gospel says that Jesus was unsatisfied with being separate from you. That's so much deeper than a million mom, 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 mom. That is, that is Jesus Christ giving his life to pave the way for a relationship with him. And, and it wasn't just an intro into a relationship. In salvation, we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Jesus described the Holy Spirit this way. He said, that's just another me. And so if we're saved, it's Jesus that began the relationship, offered the relationship, sustains the relationship, lives in the relationship. So who is it that should be shaping us? I mean, Jesus built it all this way. He built it where he shapes us, and then, and then we just in rhythm shape others. It's a beautiful design. It's what I love about the church. It's the perfect, it's the perfect thing that's ever been made but it's made with infallible parts that Jesus fixes in real time so they work the right way when they need to work. It's amazing. That's why I love to serve the church, and that's why I love to be part of a church. If you would bow your heads for just a second, man, whether you're a mom today or whether you're not, um, the call on what Scripture puts in our life um, is, is really, I pray, really clear. If you are looking at, and man, if you're not a mom, if you're just out like deciding whether or not you're going to change jobs right now, and that's your decision, man, the truth of Psalm 127 still reigns. It's, it's not just a searching about the compensation package. It's really searching to say, okay, Lord, are you giving me the freedom to choose this and you want me to go be faithful? Is there a specific drawing and leading into this? Because God, um, if, if, if I'm not going to really live in rhythm with the Holy Spirit and, and really grow, then then all these efforts are going to be in vain. So God, no matter where I work, I need to be seeking you and faithful to you. I mean, it can be any decision that you're looking at. But, but, but if, you, if you are a mom today, I want to encourage you that you are, as, as that opening video of our service said, you are, you are not loved and honored because of all you do. That's known. You are honored and loved because of who you are in Christ and who Jesus says you are. You can't do more this week 
to earn more of God's love. You can't mother or parent perfectly to be thought better of. God thought of you before you were ever created. His thoughts don't change about you. Regardless of what fills your time or your your time never seems to reach, God is at work and greater is He that is in you than what you can be in this world. Trust Him for what He's doing in the kids that you love so much. Trust Him for what He's doing in the world and the job that you live in. If we trust Him for salvation, we must trust Him for everything. Father God, thank You so much for Your love and Your grace. Lord, help us to see our place in Your kingdom. Lord, through Your truth, help us this morning to not just sing to you, but Lord, really have our affection, our attention set on you. Lord, let our eyes be on Jesus more than anything else that we ever compare ourselves to. Lord, help us to learn to walk in the joy of our salvation. Lord, that you built our lives to work in a certain way. And and in that way, Lord, we will find joy in the middle of anything. We can find peace miraculously in the middle of anything from seeking you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet as we have one last song together?